And welcome again. Uh, some of the reason for sparse attendance here today is that we have about 20 of our family that are in New York City. New York City? Some of you remember that? Get a rope. Yeah, they need uh, missionaries there. Um, and I, I joke, but also I noticed uh, on Friday, some of you probably heard the headline about the shooting in the Bronx Hospital. Well, our team was headed to the Bronx Saturday morning, so I don't know how many uh, that incited fear in, but as you can imagine, they are, uh, yesterday they were in Times Square and uh, the 9-11 Memorial and kind of doing some touring to start before they started their mission today, but we do want to pray for our team. Again, uh, about 20 students and adults uh, that left on Saturday, and they'll return next Saturday evening, I believe. So also, uh, <clears throat> plenty of things. Uh, we love your prayer requests there on the connection card. You can also uh, put a prayer request uh, through our CC app if you'd like to do that. Um, there are plenty of things uh, to pray about. Uh, I'm not going to mention them all this morning, but I did get a text about 30 minutes before we started. Sean Huang, Sean and Laura typically uh, sit over here. Sean's father um, has been having some liver issues. Uh, had a kidney transplant a year ago, but has been having some liver issues lately. He told us on Friday, uh, looked like he was going to have to have a liver transplant. Then he texted me yesterday, said they're thinking no. And then this morning he texted me and said they put him back in ICU this morning. So they're not really sure what's going on, but it sounds serious. So he said we will be heading to the hospital this morning, um, but asked me if I could mention that and that we would uh, pray for his father, Rick. So good to see Vicki Wines over here. A lot of us have been praying for Vicki's recovery. So uh, can we do that? Can we pray? Uh, just before we open up God's word, let's uh, bow our heads, pray for those needs, and uh, ask God to, to be faithful there. Father God, we thank you for um, the many who are using their week of vacation, using their time off to go and serve, uh, to do Bible camps in the Bronx, to help at the House of Beekman. And uh, we pray, God, that it would be a fruitful week um, in their hearts as well as uh, with the folks that they minister to. We pray for them uh, as they are in tight quarters and uh, rooming with lots of folks that uh, you would help them uh, be in unity uh, with one another as they go through the stress of this week. We pray for Sean's father and we pray, God, that you would touch his body and heal him and uh, give doctors insight and wisdom as to how best to treat him. And uh, pray for Sean and Laura and for the, the boys as well, that you would give them faith to trust you in this, in this trial. Lord, there are so many other things um, that we could mention this morning. Um, I think of uh, John and Jenny's uh, sister-in-law in the hospital, Jim and Jenny Wilson, others that are uh, suffering. And so we ask God that you would just uh, show yourself faithful, that they would uh, uh, look to you, that they would trust you, in uh, these trials. Lord, that's what we all want. We all want to love you and to trust you and pray that you would uh, help us, that you would empower us even to do that. As we look into your word, we pray that you would uh, illuminate our minds and that you would even transform us uh, as we look into your word this morning. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so just uh, by a way of review a little bit, <clears throat> excuse me, Kids, this is what? A box, nicely wrapped, a gift. Yes, thank you, Deanna. 
we talk about gifts a lot in our house. We have uh, birthdays all through the summer. And for the last few weeks, we've been talking about how salvation in the Bible is pictured as a gift. And all of us know that, uh, at, that a gift comes to us. The reason that it is a gift is because it comes to us at no cost. It's a free gift. In fact, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so God has given us this incredible gift. And like all gifts, all we have to do to receive it is just to, to, to take it. To accept it, right? The gift has been given to us. But one of the points that I've been making over the last few weeks as we've been in a study of Romans is to clarify that this gift of salvation is actually uh, multifaceted. It's not, just, uh, it's not just the gift of forgiveness, but the gift of salvation actually comes with more than just one gift. It's gifts, plural. And so as we open up this gift and picture it as as uh, the gift of salvation, we do have the gift of forgiveness, but we also have the gift of what the Bible calls sanctification. And that's a big fancy word that basically just means becoming more holy, becoming set apart, becoming different than the world and becoming like Jesus. And God gives us not only forgiveness, but he gives us sanctification. And that that him making us holy comes with the gift of the Holy Spirit. That when you accept this gift, you don't just get the gift of forgiveness, but you get the very gift of God himself in the person of the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit brings us uh, a renewed power, a new power through the Holy Spirit that we didn't have before. See, salvation is not just receiving a gift and then kind of putting it in our pocket and going on our way. Salvation is God setting us right with himself, but it's also him transforming us to become more and more like Jesus. Now, does that happen instantaneously? No. Uh, does that happen without our effort? No, that we do have a responsibility as God transforms us. We talked about that last week. But this morning, I want us to move uh, to a, a later place in the book of Romans where Paul kind of teases this idea of transformation out and, and, and what he wants us to offer and how this gift of transformation happens, okay? So turn in your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 12, okay? Romans chapter 12. And uh, if you're familiar with the book of Romans, as some of you now are, uh, Romans chapter 12 uh, begins a real pivotal, a pivotal part of Paul's letter. In the first uh, 11 chapters, he's laying out these great truths about salvation, justification, sanctification, and how God is saving us from our sins and how he is uh, saving us from the power of sin and transforming us. And then in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it becomes this hinge point. It becomes this turning point where he says, now that we've talked about all this theology and all that God has done for us in salvation, what does that, how does that play itself out? What does that look like in day-to-day -day life? In chapters 12 on, he gets into some really practical matters about how we view ourselves about how we view our relationships. So we're looking uh, at chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and we'll get to that in more depth uh, in the fall. But uh, why don't we read this together, okay, in unison? This is just two verses, and why don't you guys uh, say it along with me? Kids, you join in here as well, okay? 
I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay? This is God's word here. So what we're going to look at just briefly this morning here is what, why, and how. What, why, and how. First of all, what. What is this passage in two short verses telling us to do? What's, what's the command here through the Apostle Paul? Does anybody want to take a guess? You have to be seventh grade or younger. What is the command here in these two verses? Not all at once. Hector, I see you thinking about it over there. What are we supposed to do in these verses? Anybody got it? There's actually two parts to it, okay? Two parts to it. We are to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, okay? That's what he's calling us to do. And secondly, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed Okay, instead of conform to the world, be transformed. And then he's going to tell us how to do that in a second. But the what, the command here is to offer yourself. To offer yourself to God. And we talked a little bit about this last week. Uh, and this is, this is sacrificial language. In the Old Testament, they would take their sacrifices to the temple and they would offer sacrifices. And what Paul is saying here is that what's happening now that Jesus has come, Jesus is the final sacrifices, but now in response to what Jesus has done for us, we offer not a sacrifice of an animal, but we offer ourselves as a sacrifice. And it's not a dead sacrifice, but it's a living sacrifice of our very lives, right? You don't bring a a bull or a goat to God, or even just our, our money. But we bring to God ourselves, a living sacrifice. And it's commonly been said, what's the problem with a living sacrifice? It always crawls off the altar, right? So that's part of following Christ is every day. And, and someone told me a long time ago that one of the best things you can do is when your feet hit the floor, you just, you just pray this little prayer to God and say, God, Use me today. I offer myself to you. I offer my life to you in service to your kingdom. We offer ourselves. This is why I said last week is just kind of being available, acknowledging our need for God. That's presenting ourselves, okay? And you want more on that, you can go listen to uh, last week's message. But the second part of this is both a negative as well as a positive. What's the negative? Do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of mind. What do I have? Plato, right? And Plato is great because we can form it. We can make, I mean, I've seen some amazing things made out of Plato. Have you? I can't. A really good giraffe. You want to you wanna try that, Deanna? Okay, well, Ron, Ron can help you. You can take Plato. And you can form it into whatever you want it to be formed into, right? And Paul is saying what he wants from our lives is that they not be conformed to the patterns of this world, as one translation says, but to be transformed 
to be like God, to be transformed, to be like Christ. I thought, um, I thought this week, what, what are the patterns that the world, right now in 2017, what are some of the patterns that the world tries to push us into its mold? If you just kind of look at the, the world that we're living in, what are some of the predominant patterns? And I thought of three, and I've said, I've said these patterns before, but I call them the ABCs of North Texas. The patterns of, of this culture, the patterns of this time, this era is affluence, busyness, and child-centeredness. Affluence, busyness, and child-centered. It's all about, hey, get more, accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. And most of us are just running busy, 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 all different things, all sorts of stuff filling our calendar and everybody wanting our demand and our time and our stuff and our money. We're just busy, busy with lots of activity. And thirdly, this one, child-centeredness. If, if that one's too convicting, you can give another C word, uh, consumerism. A lot of times people move to North Texas, they move to Frisco. Why? Because this is, this is the best place to raise your kids. And if you want your kid to be great in sports, you want your kid to have the best schools, then you need to be in North Texas. You need to be in Frisco or McKinney or all these places where, where things are centered around kids. Now, is there anything wrong about giving our kids good stuff, nice stuff and good education? No. But... If our lives and our schedules and, and our priorities revolve around our kids, rather than our lives, as we say around here, centered upon Christ, then our kids can become an idol. Our kids can become the center of our home. There's another pastor across town who wrote a book called Kid CEO. Who's running your house? Is your house centered upon the kids or is your... Is your house centered upon Christ? And kids, guess what? Here's the hard truth. The world doesn't revolve around you. Man, oh. You're not always going to get your way at home or at work or at school. You're going you're to have to learn that the universe doesn't center around you. And the world and, and life isn't about accumulation. Life isn't all about being busy. These are the patterns, just three of them that I highlight this morning that the world tends to push us into. Versus Jesus who says not accumulate all the stuff that you can get, but it's more blessed to give than to receive who calls us to a life of sacrifice, right? Who calls us not to a life of busyness? Is there anything... Is, it, is there anything innately wrong with busyness? Well, if you're busy about the right stuff, but sometimes our busyness is just a lack of focus and a lack of kingdom priority. And Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. That Jesus in Colossians has talked about, the apostle Paul says that um, he should have preeminence or first place. Christ should have first place in all things in our lives. So he's wanting us to offer our lives to God. In view of everything that Christ has done for us, he's wanting us to offer our lives back to, to Christ and to not be conformed, but to be transformed. And the question becomes, well, what, what should be the motivation in that? 
Well, he gives us the motivation. Do you see the motivation in the first part of the Romans 12, 1 there? What's the motivation for offering our lives to God or not being conformed? Put it, uh, go back to the passage there, Stephanie. Thank you. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, why? By the mercies of God. That's the motivation. The motivation to give our lives to God is not to win his favor or to get God on our side. The motivation, according to Paul, is the mercies of God. It's, it's what he's done for us in Jesus. It's the cross. It's the fact that Jesus has given his life for us. Therefore, we give our lives back to him, right? In every other religion, uh, it goes like this. In every other religion, it goes like this. Do good and then earn God's mercy. But in Christianity, it's receive mercy and then do good. It's the exact opposite order. We serve God not to get something from God or not to earn his favor, but we serve God because we already have his favor, because he's shown us all this mercy, and mercy becomes a, a key word here in uh, Romans in these chapters. So do we, do we do it to get brownie points with God? Do we, do we do it to earn salvation? No, we offer our lives in gratitude because of the grace of Jesus that we've experienced, right? And how does that happen? How does this transformation happen? That's the third point, how. What, why, and how. How does this happen? We are transformed how? By the renewal of our minds. By the renewal of our minds. The first part is kind of volitional, right? You offer yourselves to God. You're saying, God, here I am, use me. That's kind of your volitional offering to God. But here, and it's a bit more passive, but here is not so much volitional as it is cognitive. It's being renewed in our mind in the way we think. And life change begins by, by what we think, by how we view the world and by what happens between these two ears, how we process things, right? We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that means being people of, of truth and being people who study God's word and, and filter all the junk that comes uh, in our minds and all the junk that we're exposed to in the world, we filter that through the truth of God. So this morning, I want to offer you uh, three really practical tools, three pretty really practical ways to renew your mind. Because we're either being transformed or we're being conformed, right? This passage doesn't seem to uh, leave us in a neutral standing. We're either being transformed by the renewing of our mind or we're being conformed to the world. So how do we transform our mind? How do we renew our mind? Well, there's, there are so many tools for us to get the truth of God into our minds. What we did, and you may have already forgotten this, some of you, but at the beginning of 2017, we made a Bible reading plan. One of the big questions I get often is, I know I'm supposed to read the Bible, but where should I read? Where should I start? And so at the beginning of 2017 in January, we came up with a Bible reading plan. It's not the whole Bible, but it's the New Testament plus some Psalms and things like that. And now we are, we are now in month seven. Can you believe it? So we printed the, six, uh, the last six months of this year. If you need, an, if you need a Bible reading plan, uh, some people had these at the doors. Hopefully you got one when you walked in. They're also out at our Connection Center. And it walks you through beginning uh, July 1, day by day, 
which passage to read for that day. It's just a short chapter or two that you can follow along to get the truth of God in your mind to renew your mind, to be changed, to be transformed rather than conformed. Okay, so that's one way. This is also on our mobile app. If you go on our CC app and you just go to the Bible, uh, click on that Bible tab, there's a, there's a place where you can search for the Bible, and then there's a tab that says Bible Reading Plan. Okay, so if you're an e-person, you want to do it on your uh, phone, you can, you can find it there as well. But if you're a paper uh, kind of reader like me, you might want to grab this at the Connection Center. Okay, that's tool number one. Second tool is what Dan mentioned earlier and I mentioned last week, and that is called the New City Catechism, okay? Catechism. How many of you have ever heard that word before? It's a pretty uh, old churchy word, right? Many of you have. Some of you, if you grew up in a, in a denomination, you might have had to, to read a catechism when you went through confirmation or something like that. But catechism, okay, don't let that big word throw you off. Catechism is just a fancy way of saying teaching, And a catechism is a way of teaching parents and children the truth of the scripture. It's distilled down. And the New City Catechism is a 52-week, 52 questions and answer. It comes in the form of a question, and then you repeat the answer to the person asking you the question. And then it gives you a recommended uh, memory verse. There's also some commentary. This, uh, this came out a few years ago, but the print version uh, has just come out recently, and we have some of these uh, at, back at the Connection Center for $5, okay? You can find them for $6 on Amazon, and we're giving them to you for 5 okay? What a deal. So let me give you a taste for what this is. We've been doing this uh, beginning this summer in our family, and I won't embarrass my uh, my little ones here by, at, by making them do the question. But I want to give you a taste for this, um, and we'll put this up on the screen. The very first question, okay, there's 52 questions and answer. The very first question goes like this. I ask you, I say, what is our only hope in life and death? And you answer that we are not our own, but belong body and soul, both in life and death, to God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, if you're thinking, wow, that's a mouthful, you're right, okay? The good thing is there's a children's version which shortens that, so let me give you the answer in the children's version, okay? I I did that accidentally. That's the adult version. I didn't mean to put that up there. What is our only hope in life and death? Help me out here, Braxton and Campbell. That we are not our own, but belong to God, okay? What is our only hope in life and death? That we are not our own, but belong to God. And then there's a passage, Romans 14, 7 and 8, that you memorize. And we've gone through, I don't know, 12 or 15 of these uh, questions so far this summer. And it, and it distills down the truth of Scripture in a, in a way that's easy to memorize. I mean, come on. I mean, some of us, you know, we're, we're in our 40s now. It's not, not easy to memorize anything, right? Some, some of us have had brain injuries, so you get more time. Okay, Deanna? Um, glad you're here. Related to, what we've, related to what we've been talking about in Romans, okay, there's a, this is question 13, I think, is the next one, Stephanie? Yeah, question 13. We've been talking in Romans 6 and 7 about God's law. And so the catechism, question number 13 here says, can anyone keep the law of God perfectly? And then my kids answer, since the fall, no human has been able to keep the law of God perfectly. Q&A. 
this, this gets absorbed into our minds. This transforms the way we think, okay? The way we process the bad things that happen in the world, the way we process truth and ethics and things like that. Let me do one more. I think I have one more, and this is uh, related to Romans as well, I think. Yes, exactly what we talked about last week. Question number 15, since no one can keep the law, what is its purpose? Since no one can keep the law, what is its purpose? Everybody say it with me together here, okay? That we may know the holy nature of God and the sinful nature of our hearts, and thus our need of a Savior. Okay, let's do it again. Since no one can keep the law, what is its purpose? That we may know the holy nature of God and the sinful nature of our hearts, and thus our need of a Savior. I mean, that is great stuff. Beautiful stuff, and, and 52 questions in here that you can get this. Now, here's, here's the thing um, that also helps. You see that little button down there that says play song? I'm not going to sing it for you. Maybe I will sing it for you. Since no one can keep the law, what is its purpose? So if you want a little song to help your kids or yourself, there's a song for every question to learn this truth. It's amazing. Now, uh, I already told you about the great deal, okay, on this deal for five bucks. Here's the even better deal, okay? I was holding out on you because I do want you to buy the, the book. Um, but here's the even better deal. It's on your app. It's on a, it has a free mobile app, the New City Catechism. And it actually gives you devotions and suggested prayers that aren't in the, the black book that we have out there. See, Richard's, Richard's got it on his phone over there. He's showing me. So you can actually, you can download the app for free and you, there you have access to the songs. There you have access to the little commentaries that, that talk about the answer more. There's some videos on there that are like teaching videos. Hey, let me tell you something. Uh, for centuries, Christians, families have used things like this to learn the truth of scripture, to distill things down into a, in a, into a concise more memorable way to learn the scripture and to learn Bible teaching, Bible doctrine. So we're going to uh, continue to use this. We might even repeat some of these uh, during our worship services and our adults in our adult Bible fellowship class are going to start this as a teaching series, as Dan mentioned, on July the 16th. We're going to start going through these questions and talking about them as part of our July, August, I think, through September series, Okay. The New City Catechism. Download it for free, out of the Connection Center, five bucks, okay? The little resource sign says resources $15. Just ignore that, okay? They're five dollars, all right? So, Bible, how do, we, how do we transform our mind? How do we renew our mind? Well, you have three options, uh, three just suggestions today. The Bible reading plan, okay? Daily suggested readings, chapters to read. Secondly, the New City Catechism. And then thirdly, we're starting a sermon series next week called Psalms, Truth to Sing. And we have made, we're going to be walking through a, a few, just about six of the Psalms this summer. And we have created a playlist of some of the Psalms that we're going to preach and teach upon. I am not going to sing them. Um, but I could. Uh, 
So go to our website, okay? We have a page for this sermon series, and you can see the Spotify. This is on Spotify. Some of you don't have Spotify on your, uh, as an app or whatever on your phone. Download Spotify, um, and you can also listen to this on our website, okay? And so it has a modern Shane and Shane version of the Psalms that we're going to study this summer, okay? So as you're looking on the website and you see, okay, what's the Psalm we're going to be preaching for this week? You can be listening to that. Uh, in your car and getting the truth, because it's the words of Scripture. Just getting the truth of Scripture in your mind and implanted in your heart. And you'll be wonderfully surprised and encouraged how the Holy Spirit brings that to mind. And particularly through music. I mean, don't we all know that music is incredibly powerful? And when you combine the power of God's Word, okay, the power of God's word with good music, man, what an awesome combination. And so parents and families, some of you are getting ready to go on vacation. Here, I've just given you a gift for the car ride, okay, for your vacation time. What can you do in the car for six hours while you're headed to Branson or wherever you're going to, where you, 10 hours as you, how many hours to Florida, you know, 20 hours? You can work on the New City Catechism, and you can get that Psalms playlist and have that playing in the car, and that, that truth is getting into your mind. It's, it's getting into the hearts and minds of your little ones so that God uses that tool, God uses that truth to transform us. Jesus said this same thing, okay? Jesus said the same thing, John 17, 17. He said, sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. The Holy Spirit uses the word of God to transform us. But we have to place ourselves in a position to receive the power, to receive the fuel, as I said last week, by which to grow, to be transformed by that power. Do you hear me? So, Bible reading plan, New City Catechism, Psalms playlist, and let's hide the Word of God in our hearts. Let's be transformed in our minds through the renewal of our minds. Amen? Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you so much uh, that you have loved us in Jesus, that you have saved us from our sin and guilt. You have forgiven us, but you have not just uh, forgiven us, Father, but you have empowered us by the Holy Spirit to be transformed, to be different from the world, to be different from the culture, but to live our lives in ways that honor you. And Father, I pray that, that each of us here, we would take some time to uh, use these wonderful tools, to use these um, to use your word, to hide in our heart, to fill our minds, and God, that that process of transformation would just continue in our hearts, continue in our lives, until Jesus returns for us, where we meet him in death. It's in his name we pray, amen.